are in Colossians tonight. We finished up Ruth a couple of weeks ago. And we start in a new book. Colossians chapter 1. It's going to be in the New Testament, a short little book. Only four chapters, just like Ruth was. We'll just read the first eight verses tonight. Just kind of dip our toe in the water a little bit. Kind of get an introduction to the book. This is a good book. It's a, it's a fun book. And I title this series Christocentric. That's a word maybe you've heard or maybe you've not heard, but that's a fancy word for, that means Christ-centered. And that's kind of what the focus of this book is, is, is Paul is really putting Jesus Christ at the center of, of the people of Colossae that he's talking to. And so he, this is people who have become Christians and Paul is giving them a little bit of instruction and a little guidance and some things to be aware of through the book of Colossians. And so uh, we'll get into that more, the, some of the things that he was telling them about as we go along, but we'll get a little introduction tonight. So let's pray and then we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you and thank you for your good words and I pray that they would be good for us and that they would lead us to do your work and uh, help us to grow in you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by God's will, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints in Christ at Colossae, who are faithful brothers, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We see a similar introduction here to this book as we do with many of Paul's writings. It is not... Uh, a question as to who wrote this book, who the author is. It is Paul. Uh, we see a mention of Timothy here. It was not uncommon for Paul to have different people with him. Uh, Paul was imprisoned when he wrote this book. We see that right at the end of the book. Uh, so Paul, as he was in prison, would write letters back to certain places, or when he was on his journeys, would write letters back to places that he had visited, or in this case, places that he had heard about. He got word of the people at Colossae and the fact that they had become Christians, that they had heard the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and were growing in the Lord. And he sent them this book of encouragement and instruction. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, Philippians in that it's a pretty encouraging book. Uh, and we will see as we go on some of the things that Paul addresses with them. Verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You have already heard about this hope in the message of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it and recognize God's grace in the truth. And so here we see a word of thanks that Paul is giving to the people of Colossae, uh, a word of encouragement that he's giving to them. He says, look, I have heard the good news that you have heard the good news. You have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ preached, and it is producing fruit among you as it is all over the world. Now, this book probably would have been written around... 25, 30 years, 35 years, give or take, uh, after Jesus had been crucified and resurrected. So some time had passed, and in that time, 
we see that the gospel was flourishing, that people everywhere were hearing about Jesus. Now, the people who nailed Jesus to the cross or wanted Jesus to be nailed to the cross thought that they were going to kill the message if they killed the messenger, if they killed the Messiah. But little did they know that by killing the Messiah, it was going to empower the message. And that by Jesus being nailed to the cross, when his resurrection occurred, that was the power of the gospel. That was the hope of the gospel, that those who follow Jesus will experience the same fate and overcome death and overcome the grave. And so the message of Jesus was spreading, and it was bearing fruit all over the world. Now, there is probably not any seed that you could think of that could be planted anywhere in the world at any time of year, and it would always produce fruit. There is no kind of seed. You could plant one seed in one place, and it'd be too cold. You plant it in another place, it may grow. You plant it in another place, it may grow at one point of the year, but it may not grow at another point of the year. There's only one seed that will grow anywhere, anytime, and that is the seed of the Word of God. When God's Word goes into a place, you can rest assured that there will be some growth that will come. It may not be a big flourishing growth. It may not be a huge revival of a whole city or a whole nation. But you can rest assured when a new place, when a new people, when somebody hears God's Word, when enough people hear it, there are going to be people who are going to grow in that hope and the truth of the gospel. And Paul sees that that is happening for the Colossians here. He sees that they are growing in the Word of God. They have heard the Word of God. It has been presented to them. And he acknowledges that they, have, they are living in that hope and they also have love for all of the saints. And so this is a beautiful thing. But it would appear as though these are new Christians. That is, they may not have known the Word of God for long. They may have only just recently have heard about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Paul is trying to strengthen them and help them mature. That's why he is giving them the words that he is giving them here. That's the same reason that you and I come together and we read God's word, whether we read it in private or whether we read it collectively and study it together as a group. We are attempting to do the same thing that Paul desired of the people here. Uh, we are attempting to mature in God's Word and understand God's Word and check other things in our life and say, okay, am I living a godly life in all areas of my life? Am I doing what God wants me to do? Or do I understand God's Word? And as we grow in God, He reveals things to us and helps us to see things that maybe as younger Christians we didn't see. And that's why it's important for us to have more mature brothers and sisters in Christ around us, people who have lived a long Christian life and have learned a lot of things that they can pass down to us. And it's important for us to do the same, uh, both to people who may even be our same age, but perhaps are a new Christian, and especially to our children and our grandchildren, those who are younger than us. It is up to us, those who know the Word of God, what we do know, uh, even if we would say, well, I'm, I still got a long way to go. Well, that's probably true for all of us. But even if we are not where we want to be, if we know the Word of God, even just a little bit, we want to impart what wisdom that we have learned. And that's what Paul is doing here. When he writes these letters, he's offering encouragement. He's offering correction. He's offering some, some, some words here that will help the people grow in the Lord. Let's continue on. Verse 7. You learn this from Epaphras 
our dearly loved fellow slave. He is a faithful servant of the Messiah on your behalf, and he has told us about your love in the Spirit. So here we see Epaphras mentioned to us. Now, we see him mentioned a few times throughout the Scriptures, and it is Epaphras, <laughs> Epaphras who has brought the word uh, to the people of Colossae and who has taught them about Jesus Christ. And he is uh, in relation or in contact with Paul and Paul knows about the people of Colossae and he recognizes him here and that he brought the message of the Messiah to the people. So we won't dig too deep in tonight, but we have a little bit of an introduction of who's writing the book, who the book is writing to, and who really introduced the people, and it was Epaphras. He introduced the people to the message of Jesus Christ and to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul is giving a word of encouragement here. He's giving a word of thanks here. And you have to imagine that these people probably knew who Paul was. They probably were thrilled when they received this letter from Paul himself with this word of encouragement. And perhaps that's a good lesson for us and a good thing for us to consider. Perhaps there are times that we could send letters of encouragement or letters of thanks to those brothers and sisters in Christ that we know. Perhaps just dropping a card in the mail. Maybe that's something, if you feel led to do that, you can do it this week. Think about somebody in our church family or somebody that you know that may benefit from an encouraging word. Just putting a card in the mail saying, you know what? I love you. I'm praying for you. You don't have to write a whole book. You don't have to write a whole letter. But man, it makes you feel good when you get a card in the mail and you know somebody loves you and somebody cares about you and you just get it unexpected. There are lots of people in our church body that would greatly benefit from getting something like that. If that's something you'd like to do and you say, I don't know who to send one to, I'll give you some names of some people that would probably benefit from an encouraging word and perhaps we need to follow Paul's example here. And we need to see our other brothers and sisters in Christ. And we need to offer them a word of encouragement. Or perhaps offer them a word of thanks and say, Look, I thank God for you because you were important in my life. Because you imparted some wisdom on me. Because you were there for me at a difficult time in my life. It is likely that there is probably somebody that we all can think of that we, we could say, You know what? I thank you because you have helped me and you've been a good brother and sister in Christ to me. So maybe that'd be a good exercise for us. Think about that. Pray about that. And maybe we could, we could take a lesson from Paul's thanksgiving to the people here, to the Colossians. And we will continue on next week and really dig in and, and, and really get to Paul's core message, which is about Jesus Christ, which is a powerful message. And it's going to be fun going through this for the next few weeks. So let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and we thank you for these good words and I pray that you would help us to continue to grow in you, dear Lord, that God, you desire for us to mature. We, we read your word, we know what we can, we understand what we can, hopefully, dear Lord, but hopefully we're continually growing in you and maturing in you and I pray, God, that you would just help us to be aware of areas in our life that, that may be tripping us up, that may be keeping us from growing in you maybe holding us back from trusting you fully, dear Lord, as the people of Colossae had some of those same areas and same things in their life, dear Lord. We may have some, some things like that in our life. And so I pray, God, that you would help us just to 
rejoice in you and in the same way that, that, that Paul rejoices in you and rejoices with the people here. God, maybe there are people in our life that we need to thank, people in our life that we need to encourage. And God, help us to be like Paul. If we see those people that we can give an encouraging word to, let us be found faithful to do that. And God, let it be all for your glory and all for your kingdom. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvnme.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.